The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Uh, some of you may have seen this review that was published earlier this week looking into instances of domestic homicide or familicide in Ireland. It made a, a various range of, of, of wide ranging recommendations rather of about how families could be better supported by the state. However, there's been some criticism because there was no call in the review to share information with families in potentially dangerous situations. Andrew McGindy is with me now. People will, of course, remember that Andrew's children, Connor, Dara and Carla, were killed in January 2020. Uh, their mother, Deirdre Morley, was found not guilty by reason of insanity in, in 2021. Andrew, you're welcome to the show and we really appreciate you taking the time to speak to us. Um, I should say right at the outset, the 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 awful situation you found yourself in you were not included in this report it fell outside the time frame is that right yeah that's right it looked at familicide cases up to 2018 but a lot of what's contained in the report uh when it looks at you know criminal trials and the coroner's court i'm in the middle of all of that at the moment so or you know the coroner's court is coming up next month mm. i'm awaiting the hse review um any any day now so a lot of it is is you know very very relevant to me so what was your reaction then to the fact that amongst the recommendations there is no inclusion of a recommendation as i said to share information with somebody like yourself in the situation you were in well first of all i i wouldn't go as far as to criticize the report i would acknowledge the hard work that's got into it and everybody's contribution but I do feel it is somewhat lightweight. I feel that it doesn't look at cases where familicide occurred and there was uh, a mental health illness uh, as, as part of the uh, circumstances. I would go as far as to argue that any familicide case uh, probably does have uh, an element of uh, mental health uh, uh, attached to it. But in a lot of, our, in a lot of the cases, where the death occurred and the perpetrator was attending for their mental health services, there just seems to be quite a, there's nothing in there. Um, Una Butler spoke about this uh, quite a bit. She campaigned, she's been campaigning since about 2012. She lost her daughters, Zoe and Ella, back in 2010. And she campaigned and uh, wasn't really listened to. I would always say now that had Una Butler been listened to, then Connor, Dara and Carla would be alive today. So now both myself and Una are campaigning, but still lives are being lost. Since January 24th, 2020, mm. some children have lost their lives. And I only spoke to a gentleman this morning who lost his son um, in similar circumstances. And again, he's reaching out to me for help because he can't see any other way. And he's trying to, I suppose, take some guidance from me. And I'm, I mean, that's not my role, but yeah. I, will help, I will bend over backwards to do however I can help him. So I'm meeting him next week and I'm delighted that he has reached out. But uh, yeah, it's, it's just, there was nothing in there to, I suppose, support uh, the, the surviving parents, I suppose, to put it that way, uh, when there was uh, mental health uh, was the issue behind the uh, familicide. Were you surprised that 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 wasn't looked at in any great detail in the report? I mean, when you heard about this report, when you knew it was happening, did did you suspect, I mean, this would be chief amongst the things, surely? 
I was hoping so. I mean, I spoke at length to Una Butler about it, and it was uh, Una had sort of thought that this was her last chance to try and get change made. For me, any day now, I'm expecting the HSE review into our tragedy. And for me, that is focusing specifically on what happened with us. Um, I've submitted 97 questions to the HSE review team. Um, and I will be, my expectation of that is that I will receive um, a comprehensive and robust response to each one of those questions. So that's what I'm expecting. I expect that a review team, when they take on work like this, that they don't hold back. And I feel that this review held back somewhat. It was, I, I've called it lightweight. That's how I feel it was. It was diluted somewhat. It could have been challenging. It could have given support to patients. It could have given better support to their families. It could have protected children. Mm. I mean, there's a wonderful document that's called, I had it on social media today, uh, Children First. I will tell you this right here, right now, that there was absolutely no consideration given to Connor, Dara or Carla. So Children First is probably sitting on shelves in many clinicians' offices, uh, but whether it's been used on a daily basis, it certainly wasn't used in our case. But what, what does that look like, children first? I mean, what, what, what change would you like to see? What, what, what would you like to have happened in your case? Well, I think anywhere where there's vulnerable children um, in, in, in any sort of situation, especially where there's mental health and during the trial, you know, um, it would have been reported and it's common knowledge that um, Deirdre had expressed a concern about being a parent and didn't want to be around the children. So straight away, there was a massive big red flag being waved. And you think one of the first things people would do in that situation would, I'll just check children first and see what I should be doing here. It just doesn't seem that that red flag was seen by anybody and no consideration given to uh, protection of uh, children. So I do think that the first consideration has to be to vulnerable children or even vulnerable adults. We need to, we need to take a different view uh, when there's people who, um, I suppose, cannot mm. protect themselves in situations like this. And I appreciate I'm asking you to speculate here, but wh- why do you think that that, that that attitude persists you know, that there, there's not a kind of a pressing need to, to flag this issue with, you know, in your case, say, with Andrew and the kids. It, like, it, it, is, it, is it just too narrow a focus on just the individual who's in front of me in the room? Or, or is it kind of placing that doctor-patient confidentiality on, on this pedestal, untouchable? Well, I look at patient confidentiality and I think that that needs to be clear. There should be clear definitions on when it can be broken and when it can't be broken. But I attend that the mental health reform is a group of um, mental health advocacy groups. And I went to one of their roadshows and I heard about a, a process called open dialogue. And the way open dialogue was explained to me, it sounded a whole lot like family inclusion. It's psychiatry led. It includes everybody, you know, family members, where appropriate. I, I do understand that in some circumstances like sexual abuse and domestic violence, it may not be appropriate to have family members. But certainly in our case, we were all there to support Deirdre. It would have been appropriate. So using open dialogue with social workers and family members and psychiatrists, we would have all been on the same, uh, singing from the same hymn sheet. We would have had 
all the same information at the same time, I will always say that had I known what everybody else apparently knew when they knew it, Connor, Darren, Carla would be alive today. So if this process is within the HSE, why isn't it being rolled out? Well, what I'm being told is sometimes the regional directors don't want to use open dialogue in their regions. And then sometimes if it is in that particular HSE region, some of the psychiatrists don't like to use it. So they have this wonderful process where they include family members, but it seems to be cherry-picked whether it's used or not. God, it has all its echoes, doesn't it, of, of, of cervical check, kind of, you know, doctors knows best, and, and, and we'll decide when to share what. Well, I like to take a common-sense approach to things, and the more help that you can get, I mean, we were all there to help and support, but we weren't utilised. And for me personally... I sat during the trial back in May 2021, most of the time with my jaw hitting the floor with information that I was hearing for the first time. And I think every every new piece of information that I heard, I, I, I just thought, had I known that, I would have made a different decision. Mm. Had I known that, I would have done something differently. And in each case, and each time, you know, each item, I would have thought that would have kept Connor, Darren, Carla alive. I just do not see why, why the process seems to be dead set against family inclusion. William Flannery, the head of the College of Psychiatry, did an article back in July 2021 where he said the majority of the college is in favour of family inclusion. So if they're all in favour of it and they have the process there in open dialogue, implement it. You said Connor, Dara and Carla, you think would be alive if Una had been listened to earlier. Do you suspect, given the review doesn't include this call then for, for open dialogue or the sharing of information, that other children will die in the future? Well, as I said, children have died in the last three and a half years since Connor, Dara and Carla. I spoke to one of uh, a father today who lost his son. So children are dying. Since Una Bullock has started keeping her own stats from the year 2000, and there's nearly 60 children who have died at the hands of a parent, and that parent was in treatment for their mental health. 60 children is two classrooms. So any of your listeners here, if you're dropping your kids off at school tomorrow, have a look into that classroom and imagine all those children gone. And then pop your head into the classroom next door and imagine the same. It's just, I mean, how many deaths are, are enough for me? Connor and Darren Carla, that's where it should have stopped. Una Butler would say after Zoe and Ella, that's when it should have stopped. We need to do more to protect children in these circumstances. Andrew McGinley, thank you so much for speaking to us today. Uh, Andrew, we really, really do appreciate it. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.